Welcome to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about how I became a horse girl as a child and why I've returned to being a horse girl as an adult. I discuss what I've learned about why many of us are horse girls, what that inexplicable heart and soul-based force is that draws us to horses like moths to a flame, how I've learned that our relationships with horses can be an opportunity for us as horse girls to empower ourselves at our deepest inner self levels, and how by doing so, we can feel more empowered in all aspects of our lives, including in our riding and our relationships with horses. In this show, I'll share personal stories of my journey to date and how I continue to practice doing this day to day in my relationship with my current horses. I'll also periodically interview other women about how they're empowering themselves as horse girls as well. So join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves together. Welcome back to the Riding from the Inside Out podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what it means when our riding or our horse connection feels off or it feels empty or we don't even know but something feels wrong about it what I've learned about that what I've experienced related to that and what I've come to understand that it's telling me so let's dive into this topic there are many times in my relationship with my horses and with horses in my life that I've had that um feeling like, you know, something's wrong. Um, like there's, you know, a problem that, uh, isn't working. And I talked, um, one of the first times I experienced that was, and I talked about this in episode one and episode, episode two is when I first, when I first started riding, um, well, not first started riding, but when I first kind of like had my first pony or a, a longer term dedicated pony. Um, so I got this pony spooker and I couldn't, I couldn't ride her. Um, I was really scared of her. Uh, she bucked me off and I just couldn't make it, I couldn't make it work. And I, I had to sell her. And then I started riding this other pony paint. Um, and, um, there were a lot of problems with him, but I was able to navigate those and it changed everything. It created a foundation for what I still use today in, in understanding and connecting with horses and ponies. Um, so much of what I learned from, from that little 12 hand, um, torpedo guy <laughs> um because he used to rear up and he used to um sometimes buck but mostly rear up and and uh almost almost like threaten to kind of flip over and you know um he was very barn sour so if I tried to take him out uh he would he was you know I was little then um even though he was only 12 hands and he you know was this strong tough little guy and he'd grab the bit and he didn't care what I did um and he would grab the bit in his mouth and just run back to the barn and try to scrape me off along the way on a fence post or anywhere a tree any anything that he could um but I I experienced those challenges with him And clearly those were things that were off that they really, um, and I talked about this in the last episode, they caused me to go within myself to figure out how 
or what I could do to make it work because I knew that if I didn't make it work with that pony, I was out of all ponies. There were no other options. It was already a big deal that I had access to him because um, we had bought this other pony for me. I had like saved money. I had begged and begged and begged and, you know, kind of got my parents to contribute some money and um, bought this pony spooker and it didn't work out. And then we had to sell her. Um, and then there's this other pony paint that was at the barn that I had an opportunity to be able to what you would now call lease, but back then I called renting. Basically, I just paid the pasture board on him in exchange for being able to ride him and take care of him. Um, but there was a lot that I had to figure out. And if I didn't figure it out, I was, you know, I was out of luck. I was out of ponies. I was out of horses and I couldn't stomach that. So the circumstances of him doing what he was doing um, caused me, as I talked about in episode two, to go in to kind of, you know, myself and um, figure things out. And um, clearly, you know, the situation with paint was one of, of that feeling off, right? It doesn't feel good when you have a pony that's going to like, you know, threaten your life or, or, or be really dangerous because they're going to rear up and maybe fall backwards or whatever. But, and I've, I've, you know, had this happen so many times. That's what this podcast is about, is about how horses and ponies because of our love and our inexplicable connection to them as horse girls becomes an opportunity for us to find resources within ourselves to empower ourselves in ways that we wouldn't otherwise. But I want to talk specifically today about when something else happens, um, when, when the situation of what you've been doing with your pony or your horse and you're riding or you're not riding just in your connection just doesn't feel the same. And that's something that happened to me when I was uh, about 17. And it was, it was, um, it was when I basically stopped, you know, being a continuous rider. Um, so what had happened is I had, let me just back up. So I had started riding when I was about four or five, um, my sister's pony, uh, that she had access to. And then, um, and then I had a pony for the summer and then I, um, got access or bought that pony spooker and that didn't work out. And then I started riding his pony paint and she, you know, changed a lot of things with him and did kind of like, western stuff and 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 um fun 4-H you know just kind of ride bareback and pick blackberries and all kinds of stuff um all kinds of fun like little 4-H kind of gaming classes back then I rode western um you know like bobbing for apples and and once I got past the challenges with him um and we were you know more of a team um being able to you know do dollar bareback and all kinds of like silly fun little things and um not really silly actually there's are some wonderful memories but that's the kind of stuff I did and trail rides for 4-H and and all of that and then I got more serious um after that I got more serious with other ponies first initially western I'm um, doing a lot of western equitation and western pleasure and then switching to English which is really where my heart like really connected um because I loved jumping um and so I did hunter and hunter hunters and equitation uh, mostly at the three foot level when I was in high school but up to about three six but I was showing consistently in the children's hunter and three foot uh over fences junior uh junior equitation classes and I did um, a lot of that, you know, every, every weekend showing and, and, you know, riding every day and, you know, everything was about the horses and 
my world. Now, I did take the winter off because I lived in Pennsylvania and my my trainer's barn did not have um, an indoor arena. Uh, so we would take the winter off. So I would have the winter off and, and then I would start back early in the spring. And then we would go. So basically it was kind of like um, usually end of February, early March until through kind of like November, um, sometimes into December if the ground wasn't too hard to continue riding. Um, but that was kind of like my my season. It was pretty much like all on, all the time. And I lived, breathed, slept, dreamed, everything was horses everything everything I didn't do other sports I didn't do other activities because I rode every day and I I practiced every day and I had lessons all the time and I worked for my trainer I taught lessons um to beginner kids and um I did everything around horses horses were my were my world were my life were everything and I didn't really understand how horses had empowered me at the time. I knew that my life had changed ever since I had gotten involved as a, a younger kid with ponies and horses. I knew I would have never, some part of me knew I would have never been the kid that I, you know, in the teen that I grew up to be had I not got involved with them. I knew all of that. I didn't understand it the way I articulate it now, um, but I had a sense of it. And so everything was wrapped up in the horses and I was doing really well. Um, I had a green horse that um, had my, my, had been my trainer's horse that um, had just been kind of sitting around and the kind of caliber of horse I needed, we couldn't, my family couldn't afford to buy. So I ended up um, leasing a horse from my trainer that had really not been doing anything. And um, taking him from sitting in a pasture doing nothing and haven't, having really never, I don't think he had been shown at all or maybe once or twice. Um, and taking him and, you know, working with him and schooling him and taking him out to A-rated shows and winning and winning in children's hunter. He was a pretty good mover. Um, so we would sometimes win over the, you know, on flat uh, classes. Um, and then of course over fences. And then I loved equitation. Um, I loved it because then it could be, you know, on me and, um, and my efforts more so than the hunter classes, especially in Pennsylvania, where I showed where it was, you know, really competitive and, and there were huge classes in these rated shows, um, really, really big classes, not just like 10 or 12 people, like, you know, like, 30 people, 40 people in a class that you're competing against um, in a very competitive environment. And, and we did really well. And I'm really proud of, of all of that. Um, but in, I remember in the midst of that, I remember this one particular day always stands out in my mind, but I know it wasn't one particular day because I could feel it happen at different times. It was a rare weekend when we weren't showing, or maybe there was a one day show we went to on Saturday. Now it wouldn't have been that because I, I would have taken the next day off. It must have been a rare weekend that we weren't showing. Maybe I had classes earlier in the week because it was a, an all week show. I'm not sure. But I remember going to the barn and riding without my trainer. It wasn't a lesson. It was just me riding, but I was schooling my horse and I was doing um, work on the flat and then work over fences. And my mom was there. She was just kind of hanging out, reading a book while I was working and um, riding. And I remember feeling this incredible emptiness, this incredible feeling of something being wrong and I didn't I didn't get it I, I frankly it scared the crap out of me I I didn't understand I mean here I was really doing well 
with this horse. Not to say we didn't have our challenges because he was very green. I used to joke that if he would see a new blade of grass um, or, you know, any new fences, you know, I he could spook or shy or run out or whatever. I had to be on my toes with him, you know, all the time. He was not a push button horse by any stretch. Um, I had to really ride him. Um, so it wasn't like it was easy at all. And I was really proud of what we did. And so it didn't make sense that suddenly here I am, or not suddenly, but you know, I have this memory of this time when I'm schooling. And, um, and it just kind of felt bleak. It just kind of felt empty. And I, I didn't understand how I could feel like that when I knew that I was so proud of what I had done with this horse. And I loved him. I loved him. He was, he was a very, um, you know, sweet guy. He was funny. Um, he could like break out of the stalls. Um, so we had to be very careful. So he was very smart. Um, and you know, he had a personality, he had a really great personality that I loved. So, you know, it wasn't any of those things. And yet there was this emptiness within me and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Um, at first I was afraid to figure, to even think about it because, it scared me. It felt so like, well, what would I, what, what is wrong? And if I even let myself acknowledge that there's something wrong, I, I didn't know what I would do because horses were my life and this horse was my life and, and all of that. It was really, really scary. And yet I felt that and I know I experienced it a number of times. Now, when I would be in um, a lesson, you know, riding or riding with some of my peers, the other um, girls that were part of, you know, the the um, barn at the at my trainers, um, you know, and we would be riding together or practicing or schooling or whatever. You know, I would get focused. I would be focused on that, and you know, whatever. But there were these moments when I didn't have these distractions, when I couldn't distract myself or be distracted by these other outside things, when I would feel this emptiness within myself, this kind of something being off. And it felt awful. It felt awful. And I didn't know what to do about it. When um, when the time came for... Uh, it would have been my last year as a junior rider, um, which I really wanted to be able to ride and and compete at the three foot six level and try the medal in McClay. Um, I felt like my horse had enough miles that we could consider doing that. And, and, and um, we had schooled three six plenty of times, three, three and three, six, but in order to, you know, consistently show at the three, six level, it was going to be that next summer. And yet what happened is my parents' business, um, it had already been struggling, but then it, it, it struggled even more. Um, and the money that we already didn't have, and we were scraping together and I was, you know, working and, and, and um, budgeting and figuring everything out about how I could ride and how I could show and how I could afford everything and how I could do everything. Nobody did any of that for me. I did it. I mean, my parent, my mom supported me um, to the extent she could, but I, I did a lot as a kid as well. Um, But the writing was on the wall that I couldn't things were changing financially and um, that wasn't even an option. And I had the choice of either, um, well, I didn't really have the choice. (laughs) It was basically like, um, this is going to happen and you're not going to be able to ride this summer the uh, the the next summer. Um, so I don't remember when this awareness came to me. It was sometime before the next show season that 
it became very clear that there was not going to be a next show season for me. And really the only option for me, you know, was something I had wanted to do, which was to go to college. Um, Now, my parents are not college educated. They hadn't gone to college. My sister had. She was, um, I think she was in college at the time. Um, But I... I knew that for me to be able to get out of this small town that I was in in Pennsylvania and for me to be able to have my own financial freedom, you know, that um, getting a degree and, and an education that would allow me to be able to get a job doing something professionally and earn more money is what would allow me to get back into riding and and horses. And so I gave up riding. And the way that I always talk about it is, you know, I gave up riding to go to college. And that's really the way the way that I thought about it pretty much my my whole life really was like, well, I had to give up college or I had to give up riding to go to college um, because of our financial situation. Well, it wasn't until in the last year that I really through a lot of, you know, soul searching and reflecting back on that time in my life, especially since getting back into horses and having horses again and, and, um, you know, kind of utilizing the wisdom of my life to date and, and, you know, kind of learning how to be more honest with myself, that I really came to understand more about what was going on with me on that day that I talked about where I was feeling so empty in my riding the the previous summer um, when I was in between shows what was going on and I realized that some part of me had known there was some aspect of what I was doing in my riding and how I was doing horses that wasn't working and that that part of me also kind of gave me the courage to give horses up to go to college but I didn't really understand it like I said until more recently understand it the way I do now what I understand now is that that feeling of emptiness that feeling of something being off was really something in my heart and soul communicating with me to myself And it was communicating to me a problem. And the problem was that I had started, when I started showing, initially it was an opportunity to practice and to kind of test out, um, in various settings, the things that I had been learning with horses. But as I started showing more and more, initially Western and then, and then riding English, I'm doing hunter and equitation. And then I got really into showing more and more seriously on the A circuit. Um, you know, it kind of became this thing. It's like, you know, you, you, you ride and you're kind of going through the motions and you're, um, you know, you're like with a green horse, there were always challenges. It was never kind of boring. So I always had that, that new thing to focus on, like getting more miles on, on him and getting him up to speed more and getting more comfortable and being able to get him to the three, six level versus the three foot level or, or, you know, consistently at three, six, um, versus just, you know, three, three, um, etc. I, I, I had all of that, but what I was not understanding, what my 17-year-old self was not understanding was that there was a way in which I had started 
to kind of my writing was kind of more going through the motions of what externally would give me some kind of feeling of validation or some kind of feeling of something versus when I started showing it was I wasn't showing to get ribbons I was showing to show myself that I was connecting with my horse and then the ribbon was just icing on the cake but somehow along the way the ribbons became the destination the winning became you know the 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 destination that I was trying to get to instead of it being just an outcome of the journey and the wonderful delight of the of the journey and connection and progress with my horse being that which I was living and like I said to me the idea I didn't I didn't know how to fix it at 17. Um, I didn't know what to do. I also, you know, it's not like I could just, um, I didn't have the financial resources. I had to either kind of keep going on or or I had to quit. Um, and so when the, when the opportunity, not the opportunity, but when, it's even tough to talk about that, when my parents created, you know, this ultimatum, which was like, well, it wasn't even an ultimatum. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't like, go to college or continue riding horses. No, it was like, go to college or nothing. The horses were off the table no matter what. I had to give them up. There was no option. I couldn't afford fully myself supporting the horses myself. My parents couldn't do it anymore. So really college was the only thing that I could do. I could at least get loans and, um, you know, grants and, and, and that sort of thing um, to be able to fund my college education. And so that's what I did. But what I know now is that my heart was speaking to me then, my 17-year-old self. My heart was communicating with me through that feeling of emptiness, that there was something that wasn't right. And what I understand now is that It's like I had I had moved onto a track where I was trying to get something external to give me a feeling that I thought I wanted. Right? The external was this ribbon and winning to give me a feeling of happiness and joy and connection um which is not how I started you know showing or even when I switched to to um hunter and equitation how I felt in the beginning you know in the beginning it was just this exhilaration of of um doing this new discipline that I felt like was what I had always been meant to do um much more so it felt more me than than the other disciplines that I had done before um and and it, it it's like it's like I had my perspective mixed up and I think that this you know, this certainly has happened to me in other areas of my life um, since leaving horses and as an adult and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, a great quote. Um, but I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think, you know, for me, so much so much of where I found my connection with horses came from the journey 
of working with a green horse or the journey of, you know, navigating the horses and really feeling, you know, this sense of accomplishment for, you know, how I was navigating all the things in my life related to them. But I realized that our true empowerment to me empowerment is when you feel not like everything's perfect in your life and you don't feel like everything is just you know like you're in the winning circle and everything's wonderful to me empowerment is when you feel like you have the ability, the connection with yourself, the power, the energy, kind of like a force within you that means no matter what, you feel okay. No matter what circumstances you're facing, you can navigate them. You can navigate them. That that it may be hard. It may be, you know, it might be hard at sometimes. It might be easy at sometimes. And there may be shiny, wonderful moments. And there may be moments where you're just like, I have no idea how I can keep going. But there is something within you that does keep going or that does navigate all of those things. That to me is what empowerment is. And what I found was that you know, the horses always gave me this wonderful opportunity for that. That was what I discovered. But when I started showing and, um, after a while and I started winning and, um, you know, not all the time I had a green horse. I mean, sometimes he would just run out of fences and, you know, see, see a new blade of grass or whatever, um, be in an indoor arena that, you know, was just too terrifying or, you know, see a, a, a plastic bag suddenly, you know, spook him or whatever. Um, there were, there were always challenges, you know? Um, but it was in the, experience of just navigating all of the moments for what they were that I delighted in. And it's like, it's like what I was talking about, I think in episode two, where I talked about how in the, you know, horses have given me an opportunity say on our property now to go out and you know even though it's cold and dreary and whatever I go out because I love my horses and and they need me to do what they're you know what they do which is just be horses and eat and you know cost money and all of those all of those things um I do what I need to do. I need to go out and I take care of them. But what about the amazing unexpected things that happen when I just let myself be present in those moments? I'm not trying to make myself get something. I'm not trying to get something outside of myself that will make me feel something that I think I need. I allow myself just by the nature of being with the horses and I'm just going through the emotions that I'm just being present in me. And when I'm present in me, these wonderful things happen. Not all the time. Um, but it's like I feel this sense of presence and connection. That is what my 17-year-old self was missing in that last 
you know, end of summer of serious horse showing that I did, um, before I quit to go to college, um, I was, I had lost that. I'd lost that awareness. I'd lost that connection. I'd lost the ability to feel that because I'd kind of started listening more to other people. I didn't know as much how to listen to myself. I enjoyed getting the ribbons. I enjoyed winning. I enjoyed competing. So it seemed like why not do more and more and more of that? But there's a way in which I kept like kind of trying to get to something to give me something as opposed to just allowing myself to be in what I was, which would allow the wonderful things that could happen to happen in my life and in my moments. And it is in those moments that that connection and that empowerment and that feeling of like where just a sense of a joy, a sense of peace, a sense of presence um, can just happen. I can't tell you how many times these days where I like, you know, trudge my, my cold and tired butt outside to take care of the horses. And, um, you know, and maybe I haven't had my caffeine yet in the morning, or maybe I'm hungry at night, and I'm tired and whatever. Um, and I'm grumbling along. And then my horse does something silly, like, I don't know, just bolts and takes off and kicks up in the air, or, you know, snorts sounding like a dragon, um, or, you know, any number of other things. There's lots of other non-horsey things that I can notice too. Like, um, you know, suddenly I notice geese overhead and they're just so beautiful. It takes my breath away. This kind of connection of just being in the moment and being present and allowing myself to be there and understand how to do this. It's something that I learned as a kid to do not like, it's, it's, it's kind of like this accidental thing that I discovered um, when I would just be a kid on a pony riding you know, riding bareback through a field or with a saddle or whatever and just grabbing onto the mane and we would just go and feeling my heart sore as we're just, I'm just a, I was just a girl and her pony just loving being a girl and her pony, you know, just being in that moment and feeling it, that magic was really what I was missing as my 17-year-old self when I started showing. And this is something that um, coming back to horses, I had to really face as well, because when I went and started back um, riding right before I bought my horse, um, you know, it was a hunter uh, equitation barn that I w just kind of took some lessons at to remember how to do the things that I used to know how to do innately, but I'd kind of been away from and I forgot like, you know, like, how do you put a blanket on? How do you this, that and the other? It's like it all came back to me once I was in it. But initially it had been out of practice for so long. It's like, ah, you know, so I had these experiences at this barn, but the the thing is at the barn, you know, it was this barn of these young riders and they're, you know, learning how to show and, and learning about equitation and, and all the stuff that I had, I had done as a kid. Um, and I knew I didn't want to replay those same things. I remember when I flew, I flew to, um, 
to the state of Michigan to look at the, the horse, my first horse that I bought. I flew out to see him and try him out. And, um, after I, after I rode him the first day, or maybe it was the second day when I decided then to buy him. Um, and then I was waiting to, to fly out. I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I went to this tack shop in Michigan, um, just to kind of like kill some time. Um, cause I stayed for a couple of days at a hotel and, uh, and so I had, you know, free time, nobody in the area that I knew. So I went to a tack shop and I walked in and of course it was full of all the gear that I used to, you know, drool over when I was a kid, you know, beautiful boots and hunt coats and breeches and helmets and, and all of that, you know, and part of me was like, oh, you know, I could like, I could get a coat and I could get, um, you know, I could start getting show gear and stuff. I mean, I had, I had some, some breeches and I had paddock boots and stuff, but I didn't have tall boots. And, um, you know, I was like, you know, could I get this stuff? But some part of me just felt like, no, no, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't right. It's like I needed to do some soul searching about why I was getting back into horses and what it meant. Because even though I'd been a long time away from my 17-year-old self when I felt that empty feeling, I knew that that feeling was there for a reason and I knew that it was telling me something and yet I also felt called to get back into horses. So what did that mean? Was I getting called back in to pick up where I was and start riding as an amateur owner, you know, hunter, equitation person? Um, Is that what I was calling myself to do? I thought maybe, but it didn't feel right. And this is my point. When something with our horses feels empty or something with our horses feels off, I wish I could go back to my 17-year-old self with what I know now. I wish that the me now could go back in time as like a mentor or a friend to my 17-year-old self and say, it's okay that something feels off. It's okay that this terrifies the crap out of you because horses are your world and you love them and you don't know why anything should feel off because you're coming off of your most successful season and you, you have really worked hard and you really, you know, enjoy when you do well with your horse. And yet what is going on? I wish that the me that is now could go back to my 17 year old self and tell me it's okay that I felt like something was off in my heart and that I didn't have the answers that I didn't have the answers right then. But if I let myself admit that to myself, that I could do what we horse girls do, which is we figure it out. We allow this wonderful opportunity that is our love for these amazing animals to fuel us in maybe being terrified or, or, or uncertain or having no idea what the solution is. But we allow ourselves to be in that position. And in being in that position... It's like doors open and little thoughts and ideas and answers can come 
not all assembled in a picture-perfect way. But maybe a thought like, hey, try this, or hey, do this, or whatever. I wish that I could go back to my 17-year-old self and say, you will navigate this just like you have with everything horses. This will come to you. You will come to understand it. You will come to figure it out. I didn't do that when I was 17. When I was 17, I was so scared of that feeling. I just kind of like shoved it away. And then I kind of shut down emotionally. And what I ended up doing is when my parents you know, said, you can't ride anymore. Um, you can't ride this year, your last year as a junior. Um, I, I basically categorized it in my head as well, I had to quit riding to go to college. And it just is what it is. And I just had no choice. But I wish I wish that I had what I know now to go back and say, you are feeling some things that are off in your life. And you're feeling them because it's telling you something. It's telling you something really important about your heart and about your soul and about who you are and about how you feel and about what you want. Listen to it. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to hear what it says. And don't be afraid to be open to it. Because what I found is that when we do this, when we as horse girls do this, because of our wonderful love and connection with these animals that are horses and ponies, It's like we open doors that otherwise would not be shown to us. Experiences, awarenesses, ideas, thoughts. I believe it comes from deep within us and it comes from this opportunity that we have to empower ourselves related to this wonderful soul connection we have with these animals known as horses. And so if you have felt like something's off in your riding or something is off in your connection with horses and maybe it scares the crap out of you because does it mean you're losing your passion or does it mean this sport you know or this certain discipline that you've invested so much time and energy in is it not is it somehow not what you want to do anymore or you know was this just a passing fancy or or um you know I don't know there could be all kinds of situations that you're facing for for what this is. Maybe you're older and you're like, oh, is this my signal to get out of horses, to sell horses or to not have a horse on my property anymore or whatever. Here's the thing that I want you to hear that I wish I could have told myself. You, you are a horse girl through and through and that means you figure things out you navigate it you know how to empower yourself you know how to be brave you know how to look within you know how to walk your own path and this too is something that you will come to receive clarity on just like every single aspect of what you have done in your life with horses 
every single challenge, every single difficult horse moment or, you know, riding moment or experience moment where you dig deep within yourself and you allow yourself to be in that place of not knowing, but yet. The but yet means you're willing to hold yourself in that place. And that's where those answers can come. That's where those ideas can come. And we as horse girls, we practice this all the time. We do this all the time. And I don't think most of us give ourselves the credit for doing it in the way that we should. Yeah, maybe we joke around and say, yeah, I'm a tough horse girl compared to, you know, maybe some other people or whatever. But I'm talking about truly giving yourself credit. I'm talking about truly having love and support and caring for yourself for realizing just how brave of a spirit you are how brave of a soul you are, how much courage you choose to practice as a horse girl all the time. Because that is what, that is what we horse girls do. And so I will end on that note until the next episode. I'm so glad you tuned into today's episode of the Riding from the Inside Out Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. If you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button, share this episode with others, and leave me a rating and review in iTunes. To connect with me, visit me on Facebook and Instagram at the Riding from the Inside Out podcast, where I share related content and support on how we can empower ourselves as horse girls from the inside out. And finally, to learn more about me and my other offerings, visit my website at Michelle waldo.com that's m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e-w-a-l-d-o.com